Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And we uh, always... Love to hear from Tom Dorian. Yes. Hello. There's, how are you? There is Tommy, 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 Do Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Number 63. Yeah, no. Eight. Wrong. 58. Yes. Number 58. There you go. Those were the glory days, weren't they? <laughs> we could do a whole show on Tom's glory days as a football I get more and more glorious player. every year as years go by. Have you ever right. notice that? The, the, the less able you are to bend down and pick up a pencil, <laughs> right. the more you harken exactly. back to those days. Exactly right. Right? That's right. Well, we're all that way as we grow a little older, and hopefully we grow a little wiser. I hope so. And today we're going to talk about growing wiser. All right. And our, our topic... The you know, segue master. Exactly. We're, you know, I, I think it's neat that we talk a lot about the evangelization that we're required to do, the new evangelization that our holy fathers of late have spoken to us about and 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 really just the challenges that are out there and i think um we've done a couple of shows on on evangelizing and seeing things like uh, waking up in the morning and having a brick wall there that that prevents you from evangelizing and just makes you say i just want to stay in bed i don't want to deal with all this stuff Uh, and so i was actually kind of pondering more on that uh, topic of evangelization and really you know the thing how we go about this process mm-hmm. and i actually started thinking what does evangelization look like for a lot of people mm-hmm. in fact i should rather than point the finger at other people what have i done in the past that i've started to look at and realize was well i'll say it this way i've learned from it right weren't wasn't necessarily always the best way to do things but at the same time not necessarily wrong but just not necessarily effective. Yeah, delivery. Exactly. Process. What are we what are we doing and what is most effective mm-hmm. and where does the Holy Spirit just work amazingly well right. in that process? And so really it comes down to a lot of times in this day and age when we're listening to the radio, when we're reading the newspaper or checking out stuff on our phones and and the computer, etc., really it always boils down to these issues. Mm-hmm. Right, we, we we're very issues focused, issues based in our discussions, especially when it comes to the faith. Right, right. In fact, when you're watching again Fox, CNN, MSNBC, all these different news outlets, mm-hmm. there are things called hot button issues. Oh yeah. And every time there's a political uh, campaign going on, when it's time to every four years we yeah, run for gonna, president, they're going to hit them. Exactly. Those things all are out there, and everybody talks about it. Oh yeah. You know, everything from Non-stop. abortion, euthanasia, same-sex unions or marriage or whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it, contraceptive behaviors, contraception, right, and, mm-hmm. you know, sex outside marriage. All these things then become these issues that that, that, that we find ourselves uh, sometimes, unfortunately, in, unfortunately, embroiled in, right. meaning we're arguing or debating and, and things like that and trying to prove the other wrong. But really, these are the things that come to the fore that people want to discuss. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking to a person, when you're evangelizing, it's easy to suddenly start talking about these issues. Then you debate the issue, right? You discuss the issue itself. Right. Right. So these hot button issues right now, there's, and, and sometimes this is hard because these issues will have, um, I, I, want, I want to be careful how I phrase this, but essentially they have, they have some good uh, reasoning behind them. Mm-hmm. It's wrong reasoning. 
mm-hmm. but it appears to be good. Mm-hmm. So it's not technically good, but it appears to be good. It seems like, well, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Tom, how many times have people said something to you and you go, well, you know what? I've got to think about that. That makes sense. Yeah. Happens right? all the time for and us. And they're usually done sometimes even on these issues for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Right? When you're talking about abortion, mm-hmm. people talk about, you know, you talk to someone in the world and you start saying, well, it's a woman's right. Mm-hmm. Our, we're all about personal rights, liberties, mm-hmm. especially in America. But we have a right to speak. We have a right to, to think, a right to feel. We have a right to do with our bodies as we wish, right? I mean, that yep. seems like it falls right in line with that, yep. right? And so you start thinking, well, that seems like that's a reasonable thing. If you're talking about euthanasia, the world would say, but, you know, these people are in pain. Right. They're suffering. Yeah. So the humane thing to do Ease is... them of their suffering. Right. Treat them like Fido. Yeah. And be compassionate and say, well, let's put Fido down. Right. I know that's a, that's a very coarse way of looking at it. Yep. But essentially. It is. <laughs> thank you for <laughs> helping with that. But you know me, I, I like to take things to their natural conclusion. So it's like. Right. If you keep following this path, this is right. where it leads. Right. Yeah. But essentially, you know, it's a compassionate thing that people don't want other people to feel pain. So we will alleviate their pain for them. Yeah. Especially if they're in any kind of mentally diminished capacity right oh yeah right and so then if we're looking at things like same-sex unions what did all the signs say they said love is love right who am i to step in if two people really love each other yeah and again it's it's good reasoning Mm -hmm. i mean it's based on a on a perceived good Mm -hmm. of doing the right thing for the other person Mm -hmm. respecting somebody right so you start well there's that's that's a good thought right but then there's also contraceptive behavior Mm-hmm. Right? People think, well, look, I'm just trying to prevent an unwanted child. You know, you talk about abortion and things and how bad that is, but we're trying to prevent abortion mm-hmm. by preventing the pregnancy. Right. So contraception, there's a there's this notion out there secularly mm-hmm. that, hey, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just trying to look out for and help you, Mr. Catholic guy. Right. Not to have to wail and, uh, you know, gnash your teeth based on all these uh, these abortions, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm more trying to prevent those. We don't want to bring another child into the world that's not going to be welcomed or wanted. And, and then also we're not going to further burden someone who's been unfortunately affected by rape or incest or some terrible, terrible tragedy like right. that. We're going to alleviate them of that further burden. Yeah. And then, of course, sex outside of marriage. I mean, how many times have we heard, hey, we're just we're practicing. We're, <laughs> we're, we're testing. We're trying to find out. I shouldn't judge. If we're com- well, you shouldn't judge. You, you, but you realize... That's what the world thinks, right? right. I mean, yep. it's the it's that logic that says, look, we, we want to make sure that we're the right couple. Yep. And so we want to test all aspects, mm-hmm. right? So we'll talk about um, what what's your favorite kind of food? You know, what color do you like? Do you like these kind of movies? And so let's, let's also look at that intimate side of us yeah. and see if we're compatible there. Yeah. Right? And again, so all those issues... Those are the hot button issues. Those are the things that people talk about. And yeah. frankly, unfortunately, people get in great arguments about it, oh, debates. Yeah. yeah. And so then the, yeah, the in thing, fact, if this were a live show and we had a call in program, oh, they'd be calling in right all now. 12 lines would be lit up. You're right. Because, a long time ago. You know, be careful what you might ask for, though, Tom. We might have yeah. that call in show and all the lines are going to be lit uh, up because yeah. this is important stuff we're talking about. It is about. important. And, but I think it's also buttons that, that right. they're hot button issues. That's exactly right. They get people the fired up, right? Mm-hmm. 
So the thing is, you're evangelizing, and you run. The, and the first thing that happens when you evangelize, especially someone who knows a little bit about something, mm-hmm. you know. In other words, when they when they are people of the world, they're they're intelligent. They've been to college. They're uh, they they may have a family. They have have lived experience, and they live in a country where you have a freedom of thought and a freedom of action and a freedom of speech, mm-hmm. and so it essentially becomes a right. And so you're having to tear down a right theoretically. Mm-hmm. Well, that isn't easy to do. No. Because what you want to do is you want to show people the error of the ways, but the, the reality is, and of course we know, I just want to say on the front end, it's the Holy Spirit that is at work there, right? It's not us. Right. Which is why we should never get into debates and arguments. The Holy Spirit doesn't debate. Right. The Holy Spirit is truth. That's exactly right. That's right. So it's like, you know, it's, it's God's way or the highway. <laughs> right. The highway to AT double hockey sticks, right? Right. <laughs> so, but for us humans, that would not be the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. And so we, we want to engage as God would engage. And that's mm-hmm. all. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the program. But really, the first thing you do, I think, in evangelizing is, you know, you can discuss these issues if you want. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things you have to do is jettison the whole idea of God. And, and people think, wait a second, did Deacon Jeff just say what I thought he said? Mm-hmm. That when we talk about these very spiritual, religious, deep issues mm-hmm. that we jettison God. And it's like, look, you got to go where you did hear that from me. And, and I think it's because you've got to go where they are. They're in a place really, even if they say they're religious at the heart of it, there's a problem that they have with God. Mm-hmm. But all that aside, mm-hmm. each of these issues, you can take God out of the picture. So when I'm talking to an atheist or an agnostic and they say, yeah, but what about this? And what about that? You know, you talk about abortion. Right. And you talk about a woman's right. Mm-hmm. Well, you can take God out of the picture and say, but what about the baby's right? Right. Oh, right. And, and they might say in abortion, they might say, well, OK, so it's not even a, it's just a, a lump of flesh or whatever. It's not a it's not a baby. Mm-hmm. And so then, again, take God out of the equation and say, so when does it become a baby? At what point in time do you know it's not going to be a toaster? 20, 20 something weeks, whatever the number is. Well, people have to find something. There becomes, it's either you have to argue viability, can right. it survive on its own, which then means you have to be in favor of euthanasia. Or if someone's a paraplegic, have a tragic accident, Yeah. well, we need to put them out of their misery because they can't survive on their own. They're going yeah. to have to have somebody feed them, somebody care for them, right? So viability then begins. So you start talking about these things, and it's like, I never thought of it like that, mm-hmm. right? And you can take God out of the equation. Now, you and I both know we don't take God out of the mm-hmm. equation, but the reality is you come to where they are, you meet them where they are. In euthanasia, mm-hmm. right, when they're all being very compassionate and saying, oh, they're in pain, it's like, yeah, but even when you're in pain, can you not provide some good? Do you not have some lived wisdom that you can share you know, and again, taking the spirituality out of, you know, redemptive suffering or anything like that, can you not still provide something, right? And and then who decides when you aren't able to provide something, mm-hmm. right? Um, same-sex unions, there's this whole idea of natural law. Mm-hmm. Forget God for a second. Let's just look at the way nature works. Though nature did not in, is, does not create itself or procreate or keep going or sustain itself through same-sex unions. Right. It's physically impossible. Mm-hmm. Even with any kind of surgical alterations, it is still physically impossible to create the environment where a child is created. Yeah. Unless you start bending rules and bending laws and bending nature, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, that's taking God out of the, out of the equation. Um, contraception. Mm-hmm. 
And, of course, the compassionate thing, we're preventing an unwanted pregnancy. But at the same time, we look at natural law and realize that we are interrupting a natural process. Mm -hmm. The way nature intended it, we're interrupting it. And we all know what happens when we make changes, when we make chemical changes to certain things. We don't realize the effects that they're having on other things. Right. Right. And... And at you know with with all of the with things like the pill mm-hmm. as the board of fashions these are these are chemicals that come into your body and can have effects. Look at things like uh, correlations with with breast cancer and things mm-hmm. like that, and and health issues that become in more risky behaviors mm-hmm. that re, that have there there are unfortunate consequences just health wise. Right, right, and and an, an active homosexual male lives a shorter number of years than. A heterosexual male. And these are things that we have to think about. Again, taking God out of the equation. Right. You can have those discussions. Sex outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. What happens when we are just thinking, oh, we're just, we're, we're testing to make sure we're compatible. We're, but, you know, it's funny. The data shows the opposite. Mm-hmm. The data says that if you live together before you were married five years, you have a 75% chance of divorce. Wow. Right. So these are things that you need to be able to discuss. But you know what? Here's the thing. People aren't there. Right. You can discuss those issues. You may win them over on an issue, but the question is, have you done anything? Mm-hmm. And the question is, are you trying to make them Catholic? Because I'm going to leave this part of the show and have people come on the other side to hear the answer to this question. But the reality is, am I trying to make you Catholic? Am I trying to convert you to Catholicism? And, and I'll tell you this, and again, this is Deacon Jeff. If you want to hear the real truth about this, you've got to come to the when we come back. But the answer is no. I am not. Mm. Tr- I don't want you to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's that's that sounds profound. <laughs> I know you're going to want to wait and hear. Yeah. <laughs> On the other side of this break, my lovely wife is going to talk about iconoclasm and tearing down uh, monuments and, and statues and imagery. Uh, and once she gets done with that beautiful message, um, we'll be back right after this. I'm Bestrzemski. And this is another great moment in church history. The heresy of iconoclasm came to the forefront in the early 8th century and lasted well into the 9th century. The iconoclast, whose name means image breakers, rejected the use of images of God or humans, but especially those of Christ, Mary, the saints, and holy events. These images had become commonplace in churches and homes throughout the Universal Church over the centuries, with paintings, drawings, sculptures, and other images dating to the earliest days of the Christian Church. The iconoclast felt that to venerate these images was tantamount to idolatry, and their influence was causing a rift within the Church. A council was called in the late 8th century, which addressed the issues of icons and sacred images in particular, but in a more general sense, the very nature of the worship of God. The Second Council of Nicaea in 787 AD was the seventh ecumenical council of the Church and spoke with the full weight of the magisterium, the teaching authority of the Roman Catholic Church. There was much discussion and prayer by the bishops attending the universal gathering. They took into account not only the promptings of the Holy Spirit, but also the works of many great Catholic theologians of the day. The writings of St. John of Damascus are said to have had a profound influence on the Council Fathers. About the subject of sacred art, he said, If a pagan asks you to show him your faith, take him into a church and place him before the icons. 
the Second Council of Nicaea dogmatically decreed that the Church's inspired tradition of the veneration of sacred images be upheld. The Council proclaimed, We define that the holy icons, whether in color, mosaic, or some other material, should be exhibited in the holy churches of God, on the sacred vessels and liturgical vestments, on the walls, furnishings, and in the houses along the roads, namely the icons of our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, that of Our Lady Theotokos, those of the venerated angels, and those of all the saintly people. Whenever these representations are contemplated, they will cause those who look at them to commemorate and love their prototype. Still today, the Catholic Church continues the centuries-old tradition of the use and benefit of sacred images of all kinds. The dogmatic decrees of the Second Council of Nicaea and many subsequent ecumenical councils to follow on the proper veneration of these images served as a spiritual anchor of inspiration to sacred tradition and the divine revelation of God. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and uh, I'm sitting here talking to Tom Dorian. And we're talking about evangelizing the issue. We are indeed. Right. You know, what do we focus on? How do we do this? Mm-hmm. And if we're just focusing on those issues alone, there's a problem. Yep. And, and that's, the, that's the hard thing to think about because a lot of people think, you know, okay, so you just said we're not trying to make them Catholic. So what are we doing? Yeah. What is it we're doing when we evangelize? Mm-hmm. And I know the popes have said it and, and maybe... It's not been explained well enough for everybody in every place and every time. But one of the things I've just gathered is realizing that there is a disconnect, obviously, in these issues. Mm -hmm. If you become issues focused, then in life things come down to like particular issues, which is why, consequently, you can have people who are Catholic Mm -hmm. who actually are in favor of abortion or euthanasia or same-sex unions. Yeah. Right or contraception or sex outside of marriage. You'll hear, you'll even hear Catholics every once in a while say, and you go, you kind of wrinkle your brow and go, "Wow, I thought you were Catholic." It's because of the Catholic. issue itself. Because they focus on the issues, right? And see, here's the difficult part, and this is the part that's not going to be received well. But the truth is, um, if we look at this, like we, we look at those issues, mm-hmm. and we take God out of the picture, we can talk about them in that way but the reality is we have to put god back in the picture because the real answer to all the catholic answer to all these individual issues is very simple mm-hmm. and and that is that there is a dignity in every human life mm-hmm. there uh, we are all created in god's image and likeness right essentially life is a beautiful gift from god right it's it's a beautiful um, gift that's sustained by god's grace right and, and and that's at the heart of everything. However, you can't really go into an issue and say that. And people go, well, that's just your religion talking. Mm-hmm. So at the heart of it, look what happens, Tom. We start to realize that even if we're Catholic, even if we're Christian, even if we are supposedly God-fearing people, we come to find out that maybe we really don't believe in God. Right. See, at the heart and the basis of each one of those issues. It's a big deal, dude. I know that's huge. Because now you're talking about someone who comes to the Catholic Church every Sunday mm-hmm. who thinks that, well, same-sex unions are good. And, and again, this is going to be a, this is a touchy issue. And yep. I understand that. And I'm, I say this with all respect. But the reality is now 
we start to get into things like uh, you know in vitro fertilization, all these issues right. that are that are out there, abortion, euthanasia, and people start saying, "Well, I'm doing it because I love people." But the reality is, what ends up happening is we end up. You've heard the expression "playing God." Oh yeah, we end up making decisions. As though we're God. As though we're God. We, there, it's we're convenient to us. Yeah. Right? This is the way I feel. This is the way I want. Which leads to, or is a product of, I guess, more appropriately, and then self-fulfills the, this idea of moral relativism. Right. This idea that I have a truth and that you have a truth. And essentially what fundamentally that boils down to is, I don't believe in God. That's, and that's big. That is huge. That is a huge deal. And you have to, even yourself, when you're thinking, well, if I don't believe in these issues this way, mm-hmm. essentially, I want it to be my way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to necessarily require that person to believe that. But the thing is, I've become my own God. Yeah. Well, and again, I, 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 don't, I don't say this in a judgmental way. Mm-hmm. I say this in a challenging way that we have to stop and think, well, do I truly trust God? Mm-hmm. And do I believe that he would reveal himself to us in love and mercy and grace? And if I really believe these things, then I have to look at his revelation. And if I look at his revelation, what am I looking at? I'm looking at sacred scripture mm-hmm. and I'm looking at sacred tradition. I'm looking at the church, right? That's what, you know, St. Paul said, the pillar and bulwark of truth is the church. It's true. It's not the Bible or in our interpretation of it. It's not my feeling. It's not my heart. It's not even my conscience. The conscience is that, that beautiful, um, um, that beautiful place where God meets us, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's that sacred space where God comes to meet us. But the truth is, if we have a poorly formed conscience, there's going to be a defective relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back down to, do I really believe and trust in God? And, and, and that's the kind of difficult thing. So when you're evangelizing, mm-hmm. the reality is you're not trying to teach them to be Catholic. You're not trying to say, look, here's a list of things that you have to believe. When, when I talk in RCIA... I could have these little boxes that they could check off, and I'd say, well, the, um, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, check. We talked about that. Uh, Christ's presence in the Eucharist, check. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Confession of sins to a priest, check. So these are Catholic things. Mm-hmm. you know. But if I just went in there and just tried to prove that particular issue and that particular point, mm-hmm. I've not done the right thing. Mm-hmm. And my goal, again, is not to make a Catholic. My goal is to help people realize that, that life is beautiful, that life is a, 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 a gift of God's grace, right, sustained by his grace. But my goal is to have them have a relationship with Jesus. See, this is the trusting part. You know, as a parent, when we have kids come and ask these deep and probing questions. Plus, too, there are people out there right now that are going, this dude doesn't even sound Catholic. Well, but you know what? You I know think, what I mean? I think I'm uber Catholic at this point. That's what I think. Yeah. And I think that I, I think my church would back me up and the catechism would, would back me up. And the, oh, and yeah. the concept or the, the thought is, look, it's about a relationship with Jesus. And yeah. what I firmly believe is that if you truly, truly, truly seek a relationship with the second person of the Trinity, that you really allow Jesus and that, that Protestant formula to be the Lord and Savior of your life, mm-hmm. to be your personal Lord and Savior, if you really give your life to Jesus and have a relationship with him, he will lead you to the Catholic church. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, I I really, I believe all this stuff, Mm -hmm. right? I really do. And I teach my kids that, but I don't just teach them to be Catholic. Right. I trust God and I teach them to love Jesus because my kids have issues just like your kids have issues and all kids are going to have issues. Heck, I have issues. I was going to say, we have issues. Exactly. Right. But if you stop and say, you know what? I need to love Jesus. Yeah. 
you know, Jesus walk with me. And, and that's something that's hard for a lot of people to fathom. And so they want to win these issues. They want to evangelize on these issues. They want to debate the issues. They want to watch the presidential election and say, well, what's he going to do? And what's he going to do about this issue and that issue? Mm-hmm. So then we start talking about the issues. And then you start, you know, every time you come home for Thanksgiving or Christmas or Easter or when you go and hang out with your friends, you know, after work and you're having a few drinks or you're sipping coffee or whatever – you start talking about the issues and people think, well, I think this and I think that. And those conversations are fine. Mm-hmm. But at the basis of conversion, it's not going to be, I've proved you wrong. Right. Therefore, now you believe. Mm-hmm. The basis of conversion truly is going to be Jesus Christ in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So when you're evangelizing, you're not trying to make them agree with you on abortion, euthanasia, contraception, same-sex union, sex outside of marriage, in vitro fertilization. You're, that's not what you're trying to do. What you're mm-hmm. trying to do is have them have a relationship with Jesus. Because if you trust God, if you trust Jesus, mm-hmm. what's he going to do? He's going to lead you right to the Catholic Church. Yep. Because this is the fullness of his revelation. Mm-hmm. Again, not to diss other faith traditions, because we all have pieces of the truth. Mm-hmm. But the reality is the Catholic Church is the fullness of revelation. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to have a full experience and a fullness in your your relationship with Jesus, it's going to be in a Catholic setting, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. That's what evangelism evangelization is all about, evangelism. That's what evangelization is all about. Mm-hmm. If you're an evangelistic person, you're leading someone to a relationship with Jesus. Now, it may not immediately be Catholic, but it's going to b- create a hunger in their heart. And it's that hunger that drives people to be Catholic. It's that hunger that calls people to seek, to dig deep into history, uh, into sound reason, and, and to read scripture, and to, to listen to what great voices of the past have said. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they start going, wait a second. All that stuff that crazy deacon was telling me about, it's true. Yep. The Catholic Church is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church that Jesus founded on the rock of St. Peter. That is the fullness of revelation. That is the place I need to worship. That is the house of right worship. Not that the other ones were wrong. It's this, this is the fullness, Mm -hmm. right? But again, that's the relationship. It's not the issue. Now that doesn't mean that I'm going to say, I'm willing to give up on issues and say, well, I'll cave in on the abortion issue or I'll cave in on the contraception issue. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. Right. Right. Essentially, you've got to be all in on Jesus, which will have you be all in on those issues. Yeah. Right. Eventually. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. And, you know, for you to evangelize, the other important point to make is you have to believe this stuff. Right. Right. Your kids can see right through when you through you when you lie or when you say something and they're like going, he doesn't really mean that. Yeah. Right, and that's that whole we've talked about it before. Nemo dot quod non habet, that Latin phrase that says you cannot give what you do not have. Mm-hmm. If you want to evangelize, you have to believe that Jesus is your savior. Mm-hmm. You have to have a relationship with Jesus, and that's what you end up sharing with everyone. Right. So, what do we focus on? We focus on Jesus. Do we focus on the issues? We focus on Jesus. He'll take care of the issues. Amen. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you are the author of all creation and of all life. Give us, we pray, the grace, the guidance, the love, and the mercy we need to humbly approach you and to lead all those we meet to you so that we may live in the joy of hope for a life lived eternally in your presence. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>